Like, anytime you're ready, boss. Anytime you're ready. Yes, so ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. It's Wednesday night, and that only, that means only one, that, that means only one thing, Amelia. What's the buzz time? Let me let me put my teeth back in. Hold on. It's a special, but what's the buzz? Actually, we're not used to doing this on Wednesday. That's why I'm my whole feng shui is all thrown off. It's because we have a special uh, edition we today. We do a have a day. special What's the Buzz episode. Hello, everybody. Yes. I'm the Mad Dog. Welcome to Watch the Buzz on Wednesday night. How about that? <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still like not really uh, dealing with the fact that we're doing a show on a Wednesday because we usually I'm sitting back getting high right now. Mm-hmm. But I have to work. <laughs> but it's all good tonight. The death and replacement of Paul McCartney, as told by Ann Walsh, co-author. Of Shadow of Baseman and Shadow Dancing, Rise of Baseman, and Marianne Howard, co-author of the same <laughs> incredible books, Shadow Dancing, Rise of a Baseman, and The Shadow of a Baseman. Um, these are really amazing books, especially the liner notes and the reviews. <laughs> Hold on, folks. I wrote the reviews. <laughs> And the liner notes. Great book. Great book. <laughs> Let me introduce everybody to my able-bodied co-host. This is Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman. How are you, Amelia? Um, Doyle, it's been a long day. Let's just say been that. Long, well, I'll tell you what. I just made your day longer, baby. <laughs> What's going well, on? We had a long meeting today. We may so. have a really interesting show tonight. I'll tell you what. Mary Ann and Anne have mm-hmm. been on the show before. Uh, when, in fact, when... The release of Rise of a Bass Man mm-hmm. uh, came out. Uh, they they were the first. Um, I think I was the first. You podcast. were the first interview. Yeah. yeah. Mm, wonderful. Um, and it's funny how serendipity played into that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll let you tell that story later, Marianne. Um, Annie Walsh, my buddy Annie, is it <laughs> good to see you? Annie's been on the disabled list for a little bit, but. <laughs> She's bouncing back and she's looking spry and sexy as ever. How the hell are you, kid? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thanks for having us on the show. Oh, it's great to have you. Well, I'll tell you what, you're looking good. And of course, I got big mouth. I mean, Marianne with me. (laughs) Hey, Tyson. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. The last time Marianne was on the show was with Amelia. Mm -hmm. They did, I think, what do you guys talk about that night? The Beatles. Yeah. Oh, you talked about the Beatles. Okay. We talked well, about book. We're in, no, their book. We talked about their book, actually. We're in My familiar territory yes. because tonight 
The death and replacement of Paul McCartney is taking center stage yet again. For some reason, this is one rumor that won't go away. It's got legs that just keep on running. Um, it's funny how the so, truth does that, right? Yeah. Huh? Say that. Mm-hmm. It's funny how when the truth happens, that ha- they, they keep having legs. It. Yes. I'm. I'm telling you what. It, there's just. It won't die. This rumor has been around. I think we can surmise by now, 56 years, 57 years later now, it's more than just a rumor. There's got to be something to it because even Sir Paul McCartney, quote unquote, Sir Paul McCartney, it has acknowledged it. And so that that's saying something Mm -hmm. Uh, by Sir Paul. We mean Billy Shepard, Billy Campbell, Billy Shears, whatever name you want to call him by. He's Billy or William. Um, Marianne, why? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to go to you. I'm going to go to Annie because I ain't seen Annie in a while. <laughs> Annie, why, is, um, why does this thing just keep taking off? What is it about this this whole thing that just keeps going? Um. Well, you know, uh, we're all Beatle fans, and we just want to know the truth. And I think there's a lot of um, disclosure that has been coming out for years about other conspiracies. And this uh, rumor has been around since September 1966. And it started in London, did not start here in the United States. Right. So um, it's very intriguing. And the Beatles had such an impact on all our lives that we we really want to know the truth because we're fans and we Want to know? We have a right to know the truth, yeah. and he I has the right to his legacy, also. Yeah, you know. I think you pointed it. out something there that's critical, and yes. people need to understand this. Rumor and speculation often spring from the truth, an element of truth. In every rumor, there's an element of factual foundation. That's important to know because this rumor, as Annie said, began in England. Now, why is that important? Because it's much fresher and closer to the source than we are. That tells me a lot. That tells me it's got plausibility. It tells me it's got serious traction. And where you have traction, you got legs to run. Over the years, and I think I'm going to bring Marion at this point. Um, over the years, Marion, uh, this has taken on a life of its own. Why now, all of a sudden, all these many years later, do we still even care? And people genuinely do care. Tell us why. Well, I don't I don't think it's just all of a sudden. We've been caring about this for a while. Anne's been on this for 14 years and I'm on four. So I mean I I've been a I've been a Paul Paul lover of Paul since I was six. So we all care because they were the per- people that we grew up with. They were the people who shaped our lives in our in our our early development, our teens, and it carries on. So the travesty of Paul being replaced, being dead and replaced, not having that disclosure is, is tragic. It's terrible. It's, it's horrific in my opinion, but um, 
I think that it's one of those things where you're depending on the side, the people who see Sir Paul as still being Paul, they're very um, protective yeah. of him. And I it's going to be a shock agree. just like other things that, that have been done, other atrocities that are being done. When it all comes out, what happens? Yeah. You well, know? and that's what we're going to talk Hard about right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great segue, Marianne, because what we're going to talk about right now is the fact that there are a great many people still around, still alive and well from that period of time who knew what happened, who hold the, uh, the, the keys to the secret um, of what happened to Paul. Right. Uh, one of those people is Denny Lane. I had the fortune of hearing from his lips in person and, and a group of people after a, a performance one night um, exactly what happened. And, and I heard the story about Japan firsthand. Uh, one of the things that has to come to fruition at some point, and either you or, or Anne can talk about it, is at some point either... Billy, I'll call him Billy or William. Either he or Ringo are going to have to acknowledge something. Because for all intents and purposes, Ringo's star is the last beetle. Right. I don't care how we slice her to dice it. That's true. So you want to address that? Or you or Annie? Go ahead, Ann. Uh, well, Ringo actually came out and said that he was the last remaining beetle. Aha. Yeah. Back in 2009, I believe it was, when he was doing a skit with Billy. And that was like a big buzz going all over, you know, <laughs> that he said that. But he also said that there's some truth in that that people don't know about. Yeah. He also, he also did that April 1st interview or newspaper article. Yeah. Then it was like April Fool's Day. Yeah, I, I know. I was going to refer to that. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell people that is an actual interview. It was a, a real interview done with Ringo at his home where he kind of just like spilled the beans, you know, tongue in cheek. He played it off tongue in cheek. But in that playful Ringo manner, you know, because sometimes it's hard to take Ringo serious because he's very good. He's got a great poker face. He really does. He's very dry, very flat, very dry, and just delivers in that same realm. And that's and Marianne, you nailed why it's hard to 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 know whether he's telling the truth or not mm -hmm. because he is dry. Very little inflection. Uh, you see this a lot, you know. The piece, <laughs> he's still. I just saw that last month. He's still doing it. Yeah, he still. He sure is. He's still. <laughs> um. But one of the things that has to come to fruition is disclosure, full disclosure. We, we've heard you and I actually talked about it before we went on the air. Uh, 2023 is supposed to be, supposed to be when Paul McCartney times out, whatever the fuck times out means. I'm not sure what they mean by that. I'm, I'm still at a, a loss as to what time timing out means. So if any of you know what the hell that even means. 
I don't know what it Take means. Me but, there. but it they they say the contract is expired. That, yes, that's so the is the contract okay. expiring his able to then not have to do the non-disclosure agreement yeah. and have disclosure? Yeah, that's what that means. Is his he contract. expiring? Because you can't for them to say, oh well, he was supposed to expire in 2012 and now his contract expires at being Paul McCartney, and yeah. they're gonna find a way to if uh, that's the kill case. the character of Paul McCartney. Le Amelia, uh, mm -hmm. if if that's the case, Amelia, mm -hmm. then let's assume two things. Mm -hmm. Number one, and let's play devil's advocate on both scenarios. Uh -huh. Let's assume a the contract expires and Billy is still alive at the time. Mm -hmm. That being said, he has to acknowledge that he is not Paul McCartney. Correct. Right. Number two. Mm -hmm. He passes away before 2023, mm -hmm. in which case he won't be able to acknowledge that he's not Paul McCartney. Correct. Somebody I'm else will have to do it for him then, right? Correct. Somebody else will have to, be, to do it for him. Well, it, that's my... Okay, you guys went right there because mm -hmm. I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. What happens then if no one's willing to acknowledge? There has to be acknowledgement. If you've got the status quo, you know, going, you know, going the way it is now, just kind of you know, rolling with the punches. Mm -hmm. Oh, our beloved Paul died. Well, our beloved Paul died in 1966. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what happens then? Who's going to acknowledge? Certainly no one close to him is. His family won't. You know that. All right. They're going to say he's Paul McCartney. At, they have to at say what that he point is. does someone not connected say that's Billy Shepard or Campbell or whatever name we're calling him these right. days? Then nobody can answer that for me. No. Mm -mm. And that's the, and there is my problem. I've asked that question not just to you two guys and Amelia. Mm -hmm. I've asked that question to Mike Williams. I've asked that question to Vince Russo. I've asked that question to to scholars, who guys who studied the Beatles, um, guys like Bill uh, Bill uh, Cromwell. Mm -hmm. um, I almost called them Crapwells. <laughs> <laughs> William Cromwell, Bill Cromwell is a Beatles. You could look him up on Google. He's a Beatles expert. Okay, so and that's kind of what he does. He's like. That does really kind of what you guys do. He writes about right. the Beatles. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but, well, the but only not with your can... flair for for the dramatic. This is mm -hmm. real good stuff. By the way, let me show the book. This is the first one. This is uh, this is called Shadow of a Baseman. This is the first book. This kind of tells the story of Paul McCartney's death from Paul's perspective. It's a very interesting uh, read on the Paul is dead. Um, phenomenon i'll call it that the next book the the more recent of the two is called shadow dancing and are we, are we still calling this the shadow series is that what we're calling it yes, yes. okay yeah okay and this is called rise of a baseman uh this takes a very different perspective um it's the story as told through the eyes of several of the or some of the offspring um You'll, you'll see the name Paul in here, but it often refers to Paul Lennon 
And I'll let Marianne and Ann explain that in a bit. We have people uh, in our... What is this? Oh, hold on. We got something big time in our chat room here Mm -hmm. that I just had to block. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not using that kind of language on the air. Forget about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So um, let me ask you this question, Annie. At what point did you decide to continue the story but to add um, inter-family members to it? Uh, I think it was right after we finished. Um, when we had brought in Paul's offspring, his son, who is mm-hmm. now an orphan and that John Lennon adopts. So right. we wanted to continue to like bring out other government corruptions that's been going on mm-hmm. while he's growing up and he's finding out more about his father and his legacy and to bring out more information about Paul himself. And right. if you can kind of um, picture Paul Lennon as um, a reincarnated Paul, he's got a lot of his mannerisms, his character qualities, what Paul was into, what he liked. Um, so we can kind of bring that out through his son, who's very right. much like him. So as the series goes on, we kind of sway away from um, mm-hmm. the Paul rumor about his death to get in more involved with government and then we swing mm-hmm. back into uh the rumor towards the end because we have about 20 years where there's nothing really yeah. going on in the pid world mm-hmm. that we can actually write about so it well, didn't I, really come I, to play I, till 2009 i think the way you guys handled this was brilliant um the, i look at it this way the the shadow series is a building I look at it as a building. This is the foundation. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. The next is going to put the roof on it. Here's what I find in the second one. It, uh, as you said a moment ago, uh, and let's, let me corroborate that and explain for people. It, you can't talk about Paul is dead or the Paul McCartney conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Without, without the inexplicable government involvement, you're talking about MI5 in England. You're talking about the CIA, the FBI. You're talking about the National Program Office, witness protection. You're talking about all these different agencies mm-hmm. that come mm-hmm. to play in a grand scale cover. I mean, let's just call it what it is: it's a massive cover up. A man dies, and another man is taking over his identity oh, on yes. a grand scale. I mean, this is nothing small. This is a big fucking deal. You know, this is a big deal. Yeah, uh, Marianne, how did you handle this? Uh, and were you aware of the of the uh, the grandiose uh, kind of? footprints you were stepping into here i don't think so at the time when we were writing it that we realized where we didn't when we first started we didn't know where we were going in the book so we were writing chapter by chapter by chapter now that we're into the second book and going into the third fourth or fifth however many we go through it it's 
come into more of the story and the development. And like Anne said, we there's going to be some years where we're bringing in other atrocities, other issues with the shadow government. So, well, how are you guided through that? And and did you did you step lightly up above? Okay. How were we guided through? We were okay. guided by by John, Paul, George, whoever else was okay. sending us this God-given books. I'll tell you what, you know, um, it's interesting that you talk about John, George, Paul. Ringo's <laughs> the only one left, but in that that three that the three that you're talking about, um, there was an interview done uh, some years ago. It probably took place at George Harrison's house. It may have taken place at John's house. When I tell you, you'll understand. It was uh, it was John, George, and Ringo, and they were around talking, drinking coffee at the table, sitting around talking, bullshitting. And George says something off kilter like Beetle Bill and Beetle Ed. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Tell everybody what I'm talking about. Because if if I didn't hear it from my own ears, I would have thought that I was losing my mind for a minute. Okay. But and I still may be, I don't know. <laughs> You have to ask Amelia. She works with me every week. <laughs> well, tell everybody, Annie, what we're talking about. Oh, well, there was, yeah, an interview. They were at John's house. Uh, it had to be about the early 70s when George was there with Yoko. Yeah. They were having breakfast or something, and yeah. George brought up, you know, how's Beetle Ed doing in... I forgot what country it was. Sweden. Sweden. And then John, you know, pipes back and oh, he also says something like, you know, we're the Fab Four. Fab three. Oh, Jackson says no, we're the Fab Three. No, yeah. he says we're the ones having tea mm. with our wives. The, the Fabs, the Fabs, Fab Three. Oh, but it was yeah, yeah. They, he was referencing the wives are having tea with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beetle, a beetle's wife is making them breakfast. It's interesting <laughs> that they mentioned Beetle Ed. I don't want to tell you who Beetle Ed is, in case you don't know. Beetle Ed is actually Ian Leslie Whitaker. You've never heard that name before, but you've seen yeah. his picture. He is the man standing on the, the cover of Merry Maker magazine. That's Ian Wesley Whitaker. Look that up, Annie. It's called Melody Maker Maker Magazine. He's holding an award on the picture uh, in the cover of that magazine. Okay, the Melody Maker? Yeah, I think it's called Melody Maker. And I mentioned that name to uh, Mike Mike Williams. I just I almost said Mike Stone, but because I'm thinking about another guy named Mike Stone. Um, but Mike Williams uh, and I had an interview, and I mentioned that name to him. I said, "Look it up. Think I'm if you think I'm crazy, look it up." His name is Ian Leslie Whitaker, and he is a spot-on dead ringer for Paul McCartney. There's one problem though; he doesn't sing. Hmm. 
he's got a very high-pitched voice. And if he opened his mouth, you would surely know that it wasn't Paul. So he never sang. He, he was a, a guy that took photo ops with the Beatles. Uh, he would shake hands and nod. Occasionally, he'd say thank you in, a, in you know, kind of a lower voice. But his normal speaking voice was a, a little bit on the higher side. Um, you know, kind of like like a whiny, I don't want to use that word, but kind of like a nasally voice. Mm, that, yeah, that's what I was you know what I mean? Like, like a na- like, I don't want to say whiner. So he was the stand-in when Billy Shears couldn't make it. Yeah. To um, so he was Billy's stand-in, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There he were, you've heard Mike Williams referred to, mm-hmm. in fact, you've even read it in memoirs of Billy Shears. You've heard the name Street Paul. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You've heard Studio Paul. Mm-hmm. And you've heard uh, the, the Concert Paul. Oh, okay. So, okay. The guy that did Rock Show, that was Billy. Okay. The guy on the cover of Melody Maker Magazine, that's Ian. All he And Ian was a bit like five... 5'10", 5'11", more like Paul's height. Billy's six foot four. Mm-hmm. He's, he's at least 6'3", six, 6'4", six, at least. And you can tell his height when he stands next to a woman, particularly back at the time, if you, there's a picture, I think there's a picture of him with, maybe with Jane Asher after Paul McCartney yeah. uh, passed. Mm-hmm. And... Paul and Jane Asher were just an inch apart. Paul was only an inch taller than Jane. Jane was a tall girl because she was a model. People don't understand that. She, she was, was a model six. and actress. And people still don't get that fat. And all you have to you have a computer. Look it up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She was five six. Um, she was if she was five six, then Billy's then Paul's height was wrong. Because Paul said that he was five eleven. We aren't. We 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 go through this, don't we, Anne? We have yeah. a lot of conversations over the height of uh, were they really five ten and five eleven? Some I, people you know, say they're shorter. To talk about. We can actually talk about that, and it's mm-hmm. and it's critical. It may be the smoking gun to all of this, the height. And yeah. here's why I say that. Paul himself said he was five eleven. Yes, he did. He said he was five eleven. Mm-hmm. If you accept that as truthful, uh, I can't hear you. Sorry. Uh-uh. Oh, here hear you go. You. There you are. Yeah, and my my microphone got muted somehow. I know that. Um, unless Marianne was trying to shut me up. No, I'm touching the keyboard. <laughs> but if you assume that he was five eleven as being truthful. Then Jane Asher had to be at least 5'10". Because the photo I have shows them one inch apart. Right. I don't believe that she was 5'6". Was she wearing heels? I know because I know this she because she was, in fact, a model. She was and an I don't know anybody in England, especially London at the time, on the modeling scene that was less than 5'10". Some of them women were six foot tall. Hmm. But they were all very tall and lean. Um, she, was, Jane, she was an actress um, 
Angelo. She was she an sure, actress. No, yeah, no. she was an actress, but she yeah, she was an actress model. That's how she started modeling. That's how she that should be she became an actress yeah. by way of modeling. People don't remember that. It, it, everything's public knowledge. All you have to do is look it up. Mm -hmm. And I encourage people to do that. If you assume, again, if you assume that Paul was telling the truth, somebody was lying somewhere. If you look at him in 1964 at JFK Airport at that famous press conference, he and John Lennon were the same size. And I know that John was five foot ten. Mm -hmm. John mm -hmm. was five ten. He was not over six foot. Paul McCartney, right. biological Paul McCartney, was not over six foot. No, yeah. he was just a smidge taller than John. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I've yeah. been, I've, I've been, as I mentioned before, we got on air. I've been working in the doing a slide presentation and going mm -hmm. through all this. And the thing with Jane, you can look at Jane and Paul. And their height, but when you really see it, it's not comparing the two of them. It's comparing Jane then with Billy, well, and then I'll when you, you put Linda you're into the mix, and Linda is way taller than Jane. Then you're you going really to see to. that right now. Okay, oh, let's look at it now. And by the way, feel free to tell me to stop at any point to discuss. Okay. I know them ladies. <laughs> Not even close. That looks like he's wearing a dead animal on his head. Uh, the Look wig? That. That's a horrible wig. It is very it's horrible. can look at that and and honestly say that he looks like Paul McCartney then I'm going to lend you my glasses okay <laughs> well you, you know if, if people are looking even, the nose is different the ears are different Paul has the smaller mouth palate he he so his mouth and his teeth are more come back and you know what the giveaway wide. is for me Marianne well it's the eyes that for me what is the right view? there yeah. That picture right there, the giveaway for me, the eyebrows. That's Paul what I was going to say. arched eyebrows. Yes, the eyebrows was a giveaway. The, Paul's eyebrows sat above, above, almost on his forehead. Mm -hmm. This guy's eyebrows were right there at, at the eye line. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, when you put them proportionately, 
in the pictures and side by sides, and you even do the uh, lines across, they they don't match up. The faces don't. No, and it's easy to see why. Yeah. Oh, we went back to the beginning. I don't know. Okay. We'll let it roll. the height difference here yeah mm-hmm. okay if that's the same guy either he grew or she shrunk 24 years old you don't grow no exactly it's the same woman that's jane asher in both pictures correct so either she shrunk or he grew uh, or it's not the same guy Clearly, it's not ding, the same guy. Ding, 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 ding. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give that man a prize. Yep.
Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Now oh. we could talk about that. Um, they're clearly biological Paul and clearly someone that's not biological Paul. The guy that we know is Paul McCartney today, Billy Shepard, William Shepard, William Campbell, Billy Shears, whatever you want to call him. He's not Paul McCartney. Um, and he's a hell of a lot taller than, than any of the Beatles were, uh, including John. Mm-hmm. Um, if if he were next to the the original the other original three today, he'd stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, because they were all around the same size except for Ringo, who was much shorter at five six. I don't know if maybe you've seen five this seven. In, have you seen the uh, pictures, Angelo, from the Sergeant Pepper um, party that was at Brian's house? Now I'm, I have them in our slideshow that we're going to do. Um, I know what you're, you're talking about. Yes, I have he, seen them. The three are standing on that. the hearth, mm-hmm. which is elevated, and Billy is still crouching down yeah. to come into the size of there. And there's yeah. there, there's the there's famous pictures with them all at that at, at this angle. Yeah. But we have seen pictures now of the actual footage of the whole shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are out there. If anybody's interested, go on the internet. They're there. Yeah. Yes. And one um, more on our YouTube channel in a couple weeks, and then it will be out there. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, go ahead, Ann. Uh, one lie that we have been told that I think that's important to bring up is mm-hmm. the reason why Billy grew a mustache in 1967 oh. <laughs> was because he wanted to hide the scar that he got. From that moped accident that happened back in December 1965. Right. So the so-called moped accident, Paul um, split his lip and he also got a cut on his forehead that he had had stitched up. So when you look at the pictures of Paul during the 66 tour, uh, <laughs> that scar, you don't see it. Uh-uh. I mean, yeah. It's healed up. It looks perfect. He looks great. There's no scar. I'll tell you what, Annie. But if you look at Billy today, you still watch him speak. Mm-hmm. He still has that scar. Right. They it's when they redid there. that, they made a big emphasis on that scar. You're going to see that scar in living color in a moment. Um, I want to bring Amelia into this because mm-hmm. I, I haven't yes. really. Um, I haven't really brought her in here. Well, no, I mean, it's just like you could tell now, because I, I was seeing the old interviews to how uh, they used to kid around. I remember mm-hmm. Paul used to go to Ringo and go, ha-ha, I make them laugh during the interviews, and all yeah. of a sudden that stopped, and they could tell that in the recent years afterward. And they were like, wait a minute, what happened to that? And they could tell that in the recent interviews. And they were like, okay, that's unusual for him not to be doing that, because they could tell that, there were certain things yeah. that were out of character that yeah. that, um, mm-hmm. that Paul that. would not have done, or that mm-hmm. Ringo would not have done. Well, mm-hmm. Ringo is kind of just yeah, he's just Ringo because <laughs> you know you know because that's how they said that he was just like a flat like you know like that, and then all of a sudden yeah, he would I do something to saying. make them laugh. You have laugh. questions for Anne or Marianne? Yes, um, I know that the second book and everything was just was it more flowing the second book than the first one, or was it more difficult to write the second book than the first one? Uh, they both came very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the first book, it was, we did it in 10 weeks. It was done. Yeah. And this was during COVID lockdown. 
Mm-hmm. And it just started coming. They like, had a lot of time. <laughs> we were both still working. Both of us mm-hmm. were still working, but mm-hmm. but we um I was teleworking and Anne was doing night shifts. So we still collaborated every day at lunch pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, we had a lot more time um because she was working at home. So yeah. Toronto lunch breaks like, hey Marianne, uh, let's do something. I have an idea. <laughs> well, no, that's what we did. We we did you know when Angelo, you were talking about us with the devil's advocate before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and we would throw scenarios at each other and be the other devil's advocate mm-hmm. and figure out what we were gonna do in the next chapter. So and then in a sense, that book we went sort of chapter by chapter and how it, it just evolved, yeah. but we didn't I, I hear some people talk about when they're writing books and they put out outlines and they take mm-hmm. all this time to, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad I didn't know any of that kind of stuff because we really were very unorthodox in, <laughs> in how we just came to this. I wrote a book. My first book, I wrote two books. My first book was 156 pages. It took me eight months. Oh, a wow. book on the psychic realm. My second book took me six weeks. Same page, 155 pages, actually. One page less than my first book. <laughs> took me six weeks. Okay? It just goes to show you when you, you know get you're better talking. with practice. <laughs> no, I think it's the fact that, you know, we all, all three of us did this shorter time frame mm-hmm. because we knew the topic. We know right. the material. Well, we know what we're doing. Yeah, that's critical, Marianne. Mm-hmm. You know, my first book, and again, like I said, it took me eight months. But my first book, I wanted, for me, I wanted to make it right. It was a self-help book. And I wanted to make it right because I knew somebody somewhere was going to pick up this book. And thankfully, they did. They sold a lot of them. Uh, And they're going to look at this book and they're going to rely on that book, you know, as a guide. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it was important to me. I know what you guys, it was important to get the historical accuracy right. Because right. so much, even even the historical stuff has been skewed by the internet. Mm-hmm. It's been skewed by people's opinions of what they think happened. It's, it's, here's what we talked about. It's funny. We just mentioned this the other night. Mm-hmm. You know, William Randolph Hearst said, we, I just said last night, in fact, I said the same thing. William Randolph Hearst said, if the rumor or speculation is greater than the fact, print the rumor. Why would you do that? Here's why you would do it. Mm-hmm. Because people will talk about a rumor. Yes. They won't talk about the truth. No. Gets you to buy the book. That's the psychology <laughs> of writing a book. Mm-hmm. And that's why William Randolph Hearst was the greatest publisher in history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I want to talk to, to a specific especially Annie at this point, then we'll bring Marianne into it. Um, Annie, uh, you, you mentioned writing this book um, in lockdown and, uh, mm-hmm. and having lots of time. And in your case, you wrote part of it, not feeling all that well. Um, how did this, the catharsis of this book help you with your healing process? Well, actually, that was book three. <laughs> yeah, we're oh. It okay. just happened um, a year ago. Um, okay. I had a catastrophic health crisis. Um, so, yeah, it was very therapeutic um, to write book three as 
and, and it's an outlet actually it kept my mind off of what was going on with me mm-hmm. and kept me focused on what was really important good and that is beautiful. the truth mm-hmm. you know? beautiful she was reading away <laughs> i would sit there and she'd say whatever she was doing and i'm like you need to rest you need to slow down <laughs> <laughs> no, Annie needed the last thing she, she needed did. to she do was to slow get it down. Out. Yeah. She needed to get her ass in gear and work. <laughs> I, I, I have I have said this to people in in counseling. Never take a moment for yourself. Always think about the other person, and that's what Annie did. She wasn't thinking about herself writing that book. Mm-hmm. She was thinking about the other person. You know. Yeah. Um, so are you happy with the work you've done? Number three is in the works. I understand there might be a, possibly a number four. Oh, number four is in the works. Number it's four. Oh. There'll be number four. There'll be number five. There's the nonfiction. We're still, we're going to, we're going to flip, I think, back to the nonfiction first, right? Yes. We decided yeah. to do that. We decided to do that to get the disclosure out. Well, what, I have, um, a, I have a few poll stories. I will save them for your factual based book. Uh, I will give you my Paul stories. Um, my, my, my Billy stories, I should say, but close enough. Right. Um, did, did any of you have the same ideas that you came across with the, when you were writing the books and say, Oh, wait a minute. I thought of the same thing. Oh, we did that all the time. All the time. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, freaking frack over here. Of course they did. <laughs> we we have a mind melt, you know. Spock mm-hmm. was in there and just shh. <laughs> like wait a minute, I thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was yes, I was. Uh, yes, I was saying I could not put the book down, and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was telling Marianne, I was like, please don't end up with Yoko. Please don't end up with Yoko. And I was like, yes, all right, yes. And I just couldn't. Questions, put the book down. Amelia. Yes, I'm getting to that. <laughs> Can you get to the question without the? Six hour prelude, ask them a question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <you> be quiet. <laughs> ask them a question. But uh, as um, you were getting to the book, and I know you said there was gonna be a book two and three and four, and you'll behave. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, were you wanting to give them more children than just the one to adopt, or uh, how many children were you thinking about giving them originally? You mean for John? Yes, well, since you. Since he's his death, mm-hmm. they only had. Well, no, we have. He has the the girls, mm-hmm. right? I don't know, Anne. Uh, it's very simple because <laughs> uh, the way we wrote Shadow of the Base Man is we mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that people understood the fictional parts. Mm-hmm. So, as everybody knows, John did not marry Connie. Connie mm-hmm. is one of my best friends <laughs> from New York, and she has three right. daughters. So mm-hmm. they all got stuck in. As yeah. children, great. Mm-hmm. Right. So that people say, okay, that's we know that's not right, but let's focus on you know. Well, the, Andy, that's a good point, and while you're there, yes. um, John was married to Cynthia, his first right. wife. Mm-hmm. Had uh, children with Cynthia, Julian, Julian, right? and he had mm-hmm. um, uh, no children with uh, with Yoko, correct? Mm-hmm. No, Sean. Sean. Oh, uh, Sean, Sean with mm-hmm. Yoko. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and. Um, and trying to and and what uh, That's there it. was there wasn't a daughter, right? John, Yoko Tom has a daughter. Have a daughter. Yoko, Yoko had, a daughter had a daughter to a previous marriage, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to get all the kids squared away here. 
Because mm-hmm. I know we, that there were. We mentioned Julian. I don't know if we. I don't believe we used his name, but no. we alluded no, we did. to him. Did we? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, we may have. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> but the where was I going now? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Okay, you're allowed to have a brain fart once in a while. I'm having a brain fart, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did mention Julian um, mm-hmm. saying that, you know, John, because of his marriage to Connie and because mm-hmm. he was raising Paul's son. Yeah, he was a half-brother to him, and that's how they found out the birth certificate. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and he was 13 yes. at the time. And mm-hmm. if we put uh, Paul there instead of Yoko when John was assassinated, so we can mm-hmm. see from his eyes what happened which is our research is the information that we found. So we put the whole scenario together um, on that tra- tragedy when we lost John. So, so in order to continue the story, we wanted to um, bring Paul Lennon into adulthood and then mm-hmm. create his life mm-hmm. and then bring out more stuff. It's, that's, that's the reason why we- question for you. Uh, whoever wants to answer it uh, in shadow dancing, mm-hmm. the alchemy of um, inter interfamily relationships here with the children and other people being involved with, with someone who isn't familiar with the Beatles chronology or uh, the personal relationships. Will they have a problem understanding this book? I don't know that they'll have a problem understanding it, but they're going to they're going to probably believe the characters as they are written, because I think we did our job. Mm -hmm. I think you did an amazing job. That's why I'm asking you that question. That Mm -hmm. is specifically why I'm asking you. You did such a good job of interwoving the characters as Mm -hmm. real as what I call palpable and breathable. In other words, you gave them life. Mm hmm. You have those kind of characters in this book. It's hard to differentiate the fictionalized account from the historical account. And that's a testament to good writing, but it can also confuse um, a prospective <laughs> reader. If they're, th- if they're looking at this going, now, wait a minute, that John wasn't married to somebody named Connie, or <laughs> they're going to assume that he was married to Connie. You know, um, yeah. and he wasn't. No. It was Cynthia and Yoko. That was it. Right. That's why it's you a know? fictional. That's what the, the Beetle Bible's for. Or right. Or <laughs> somebody's confused. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell Whatever. you what. Let's take a look at. We're, I'm going. I've actually set this up for the ladies before we went on the air. Uh, what you're going to see are three separate video clips from three different time eras: the '60s the 70s, and the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, It is David Frost interviews. He has um, all the interviews here. Uh, In various stages of Paul McCartney and Billy. I want you to take a look, and I want you to notice the idiosyncrasies and listen to his voice carefully. Mr. Paul McCartney. Paul, it's, it's great to have you here, and uh, one thing, as we've been rehearsing today, that I've been wondering is, that, is whether, in fact, 
you ever expected things to be as good for you as in fact they've been. When you started as a group, did you expect things to go like this? Did no, you? Uh, we used to sort of think of things in stages, still do I think. Yeah. When, we, <clears throat> when we first started off, uh, you know, playing in the cabin and things, I th thought, first of all, let's get a record contract, we all did. We got a record contract, we said, let's get a number one hit. Got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I hear, yeah. went on. It, we, you know, we do it in stages, so we never but thought... You, after you'd got a number one hit, you hoped for another number one hit, did you? Yeah. Then what? Um, something like the Royal Variety performance. And something then? sort of big. And then, yeah. then uh, what came after that? America, I think. Yeah, which was marvellous. And after America? A film. Now, it's fairly close to the film being as big a success as everything else, I should think. Now, if it is, in sort of a bit later this year, a big success, mm. what will be the next ambition then? I don't know. Uh, another film, probably. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about the only success. Thing. And what about after that? Oh, don't ask me. You know, I'm, I'm only doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any ambitions, in fact, in uh, in other spheres completely? I mean, do you want to be prime minister one day? Or, I mean, no. does that sort of thing? No, uh, I don't want to be. No, nothing like that. No. Retire. No, that's quite retired. <laughs> 97 is the 40th anniversary of your meeting John Lennon. Clearly the idea that he was the avant-garde one and you were the one who was more approachable and he was the acerbic one all the time and the cynical one all the time and you were not. And, I mean, it was not as simple as that, was it? No, I think, you know, um, when you look at anyone who gets famous, people pigeonhole them. They'll just say so-and-so. He was witty, bright, and, um, and I've written a lot of ballads that have been very successful. They tend to sort of put me in the, the balladeer, but they forget, you know, that I've done a lot of other stuff as well. It's uh, at least they uh, give me credit for something, you know. So that's it's not too bad. But yeah, the truth was that uh, when John and I were together, we're much more equal. When we get in public, his front would come down. Uh, I never needed it because my, my family in Liverpool was very sort of comfortable and you, you were quite confident to be around people. John was always having to uh, fight. He was always having to put up a front. And, oh yeah, ah, what do you mean? And he was suspected. And so, he, so he had this acerbic wit, they call it. Um, that's a defense mechanism, I'm sure. And, you, and it was only later, you know, after really we'd finished working together, that I started to realize where it all came from. I mean, his father left home when he was three. It didn't happen to me. My dad was always there. Um, he, he was living with his aunt, his maiden aunt, and the uncle died. So John said to me later, he said, I started to feel like I was a jinx on the male members of the family, you know. Every time John showed up, they died or left something, you know. And obviously that goes for a young brain. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he did grow up with that. But um, when we were private and together, there was no need for that. Paul met and history was made. We started off writing very simple songs together. Gradually the songs got a little more complex, a little better as we learned our trade. Um, and then eventually, because we didn't spend time in hotel rooms together anymore, uh, and we lived separately, he would write something, I would write it, and then we would probably finish each other's songs off. You know, yeah, that's we, fascinating. You really could do that, couldn't you? Yeah, you know, I'd write something like Eleanor Rigby, and 
I, I just didn't have the last verse or something, but I knew how the song went. So I'd take it to him and sort of say, okay, now, here's how it goes. What do you think? And it was a great way to work. And I valued his opinion greatly as he valued mine because we'd grown up together. So we knew that each of us knew. And uh, he would say, it's great, it's fine. You know, and I, and I had the second verse, I had a character called Father McCartney. Father McCartney, do, 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 do. And he said, oh, that's nice. I said, no, that's my dad. So I don't really want to be singing about Father McCartney. So we got the phone book out. McCartney, 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 McKenzie. So he became Father McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. So they were in my sort of subconscious. You know. Well, let's take. We moved around a lot. My mum was a midwife, so um, we, we, we had a few homes. That was where we ended up. Probably to do with growing up and to do with. There was a time when there were just four of them, but now they're married and there are children. And I want you to take notice of what Alan Klein said. He said he is contractually obligated for a considerable number of years. Okay? Mm -hmm. Alan Klein was also the guy, in large part, why the Beatles broke up. Paul, in point of fact, or Billy, I should say, in point mm -hmm. of fact, detested, hated, uh, loathed Alan Klein. Did not like the man at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> uh, and you could see what he did there on that, that video clip where he goes like yeah. this for the that little <laughs> laptop that looked like he wanted to punch him even then. Um, he goes on later to say, however, which you can't see, he goes on later to say, um, you know, he's gone now, so perhaps we shouldn't speak too ill of him. So he was trying to be kind. I wanted you to notice what I noticed. Mm -hmm. In the final interview with David Frost, Billy attempted to do something that he was very, very uncomfortable doing. This was it. Putting the finger to the mouth. Mm -hmm. Paul McCartney, however, biological Paul McCartney in the very first clip, was so nervous about being singularly on television by himself without his bandmates mm -hmm. that he was literally biting his fingernails and couldn't keep his finger out of his mouth. I thought he was speaking talking to David Frost with his finger in his mouth like this. Comforting mechanism. Yes. Well, um, he wasn't, yeah, absolutely, for, for sure. He wasn't comfortable at all without his bandmates. Uh, why, um, maybe you guys can answer this one. Why do you think that David Frost chose him rather than the band's 
actual founder, John. Well, Paul was a very approachable beetle. He was known as the friendliest beetle. So he was just easy to talk to, easy to get along with. Uh, he attracted people to him. He attracted the audience to the band. Mm -hmm. He knew when he performed, he drew people into their world. And he um, yes. didn't hurt, however, that he was also the cute one. Now, I'm I'm a guy. Okay, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm going to tell you, Paul was the cute one. Very handsome. Now, Ringo was, was, here's how people perceive. Let me show you how bad people are at perception. People always perceived Ringo was the funny one. George was the quiet one. Mm -hmm. John was the intellectual. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could. Be. Ringo right. was the quiet one. George was the funny one. John was just John. John was just avant-garde out there. <laughs> if it was against the grain, John was doing it. If it was something that had to be said that was going to get notoriety. It came out of John Lennon's mouth, I assure you. And Paul was just there for the ride to kind he, of be the... He was a good PR person, too. Mm -hmm. He was a great PR guy, a great you, PR guy. Yeah. There was a guy here in Philadelphia. Um, I grew up watching this guy. He was a newsman here. His name was Larry Kane, and he became known as the fifth Beatle for a very long time. Mm -hmm. He traveled with the, he was supposed to travel with the Beatles for one year. Larry ended up traveling with the Beatles for five years and um, knew them during their time together and, and uh, stayed in touch with them, in fact, even after they broke up. Uh, he was dear friends with John Lennon. In fact, John Lennon came here to Philadelphia several times to do the local news on the weather. That you can't. We have there's video <laughs> clips on YouTube. You can go watch it. Yeah. Channel Six Philadelphia. John Lennon does the weather. Can't make it up. <laughs> you know, Marion, you're from Pennsylvania, so you you might be. You, I get you, it. You might be old enough to remember that. <laughs> well, back then we didn't have cable, so it was local to that area and here in central pennsylvania we have our own stations but true yeah. absolutely philadelphia yeah. had it was its own market for sure yeah. let's talk about a couple of things here i got some stuff over here i want to read to you guys okay here we go um paul mccartney it is said or billy it is said parodied the the hoax of the poll is dead hoax with the title and cover art of the 1993 live album, Paul is Live. True or false? What do you say to that? Is that, is that a bunch of horse shit? I'm trying to think which cover that is. That's where he's walking across Abbey Road with a dog and he's got his foot up in the air. Remember that? Uh, I think it's a... <laughs> He's I remember the Abbey Road. I have it. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember the cover. I, I honestly don't remember the cover of Paul is Live. I know I remember the album. I just I don't remember what the the cover art looked like. To be honest with you, 
Yeah, he's walking his dog. I have to look at that now. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, look, he's walking his dog across Debbie Road. Mm-hmm. And he's got his foot up in the air. And I think he's just kind of uh, mocking the rumor. Mocking. Yeah. And did you guys notice, too, on the second interview that the imitation Paul was, his voice was so different. He wasn't, yes. didn't even have an accent at all. Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Abbey Road crossing with the Billy and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like a, a sheepdog, perhaps. Martha. Mm-hmm. Well, or a, 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 what? Let me see. Well, it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Martha. Martha. So it wouldn't be Martha if it was that late because she'd be Mm-mm. gone. No, she was gone by then. She was born in 66, June of 66. Yeah. He had a dog. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it was Martha. Um, well, they probably brought in another dog to play Martha. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I know about that. Martha because yeah. I'm a dog person oh. for, for sure. Um, here we go. Paul is dead as an urban legend and conspiracy theory. We, we think uh, <laughs> that English musician Paul McCartney of the Beatles died on November 9th. We're going to talk about that date too, guys. Uh, 9 November 1966 and was secretly replaced by a lookalike. The rumor began circulating in around 1967 but grew in popularity after being reported on American college radio stations and campuses in late 1969. According to the theory, McCartney died in a car crash and to spare the public from grief. <laughs> look, yeah, you're not going to spare anybody from grief. No. The surviving Beatles replaced him with the winner of a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. There was, in fact, this is true. Mm-hmm. There was, in fact, a real... Paul McCartney lookalike contest. The winner of that contest can't make this up. Can't Mm-mm. make it up. His name was William Campbell. Campbell. Mm-hmm. That's why the name Shepherd and Campbell are always mentioned together. Is it William Shepherd? Is it William Campbell? Because there are several people. If you go looking, there's a lot of people who looked like Paul back in the day. A lot. But that is absolutely true. There was a Paul McCartney contest. Uh, and a guy named William Campbell won it. Sometimes identified, here you go, as William Campbell, Billy Shears, William Shears, Campbell, or, or Fall, combined as fake Paul. Proponents based the theory on perceived clues found in Beatles songs and album covers. Clue hunting proved infectious, and it was a great marketing tool, and they sold a shitload of albums. And within a few weeks had become an international ph- phenomenon. Afterwards, the band left messages in their music and album artwork to communicate the truth to their fans. This included the 1968 song Glass Onion, in which Lennon sings, Here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. I'm sure we all remember that one. Right. In 2009, Time magazine included Paul is Dead in its feature of 10 of the most enduring conspiracy theories in the world and it's still today that was 2009 this is 2022 and we're still talking about biological paul and fake paul paul is dead we're still talking about it now okay now why are we still talking about because there's some again as i said wherever there's rumor there's truth Mm-hmm. So um, 
and I'll start with you, and we'll go around the horn. Um, how long do you think this uh, this rumor is going to run, the way it's going? Until we know for sure. I think uh, people, we want to know. Yeah. You know, I, I still want to know exactly what happened on 9-11. I, mean, I want to know yeah. the truth. We've been lied about everything. Oh, and I got news for you, girlfriend. The, 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 the truth about 9-11 is hiding in plain sight. Yeah, it's everywhere. Oh my! I we, saw that movie. Yeah, and well, I got news for you. Amelia okay. and I are doing a show on nine yes. eleven. Yeah, yes, we are. Love it. Yep. Yeah, that's you know. So, yeah, this is going to be around until we know for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, their music is going to be is timeless. Yeah. Um, you know, even young kids today are listening to it, which absolutely is amazing to me. Which is great. They need to. But um, yeah, it's not going to stop until we know for sure. I think, you're, I think you're right. What do you think, Marianne? Yeah, she's right. Um, the Beatles are timeless, and and it, that's proven. I mean, Paul didn't think so. If, if in the continuation of that first interview with real Paul, um, he even says, you know, retiring, he'll always be writing with John until they're old, running wheelchairs down, you know, a, a nursing home or whatever. <laughs> they're, that they would be continuing on with some in some form. Yeah, but. You know, I think it's just this perpetuation of, yeah. the, and and it's not people like Ann and I that are perpetuating the the rumor. It's them, the yeah, Beatles. We know it's Billy. <laughs> yeah, you know he does it every. He pokes the bear every single time. Well, and and I will tell people what mm -hmm. you guys already know, and so get ready for it. Okay. <laughs> To confirm what Marianne just said, um, occasionally Billy likes to poke the bear. Well, he poked in a very, very big and profound way. Uh, the guy you know as Paul McCartney has all but confessed without confessing that um, that he's a hoax. Yes. That he's um, that he's not the guy uh, that you think he is. We already know he's not the guy we think he is. We we think he's uh, Billy Shepard or Billy Campbell. Either way, we know for sure he's not right. Paul McCartney. No, and they've left right. the, they've left clues. I mean, and he he's, he clues. himself he himself said in in uh, that one interview where he's in the jeep, "I joined the Beatles as an already set up affair. I don't know yeah. how to start another band because I wasn't the one doing it the first time." Yes. I mean, that's like it's hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can call it what you want to call. It. You can call it wordplay, masterful mm -hmm. speaking. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You know, um, the truth by any other name is still the truth. Mm -hmm. What was that, Marianne? What are you calling yourself? Did you say something? Did she say something bad? Uh, no, no. I mean, no, look at never, it. He was given. He was given a, already. How he was given a house, a car, a. A career yeah. already made career, and hints and clues were already left for everybody to maybe you're a rich man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, and I hope he lives to be a hundred, but if he doesn't, and his contract's going to expire very soon. I think just like that uh, we as Beatle fans are entitled to that money, and I think he should share all that money with, with every Beatles fan because he's got enough of it. Well, I think he should share that Beatles money with his. 
Paul's potential children that are exactly. out there. Yes. Yeah. Because well, we know, we know had, of several of those. And, you know. Yeah, we know Paul had uh, three children for sure that we know of. He had two boys and one girl that we're absolutely certain of. Uh, any beyond that, I don't know. Because Paul, as cute as he was, couldn't keep the pecker in the pants. Because he liked the girls and they liked him. Um, so we know that he had three kids. It's the what truth. <laughs> you know? What, what, Dan, what, was what was it John said that, you know, Paul probably has 25 children out there or something at one point? We know yeah. he's got at least three for sure. Yeah, well, I, I, I think know I, I know some, and we know some other potentials. Well, he so, I, I, he you know. is let me, cute. Let Come me, on. Um, well, speaking of that, actually on a very, very serious note, uh, let me lay this on you because this has been reported and talked about, but very, very quickly it got shoved under the rug a long mm -hmm. time ago. 1966, in fact, uh, it got shoved under the rug. The, the Beatles were playing Candlestick Park in California, Oakland, mm -hmm. California. And uh, it is said that Paul did not return to England with the band. They, they say he stayed here to be with a woman who he fell in love with. Um, and uh, that she was to meet him at Candlestick Park and, in fact, did. And that the band returned to England without him. Um, what do you make of that? Is there any truth to that? And I've heard that from more than one person, too, by the way. Um, that he fell in love with a girl and said to the boys, uh, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm here, you can go. It was Marianne. <laughs> was it Marianne? <laughs> was it you, honey? She's not going to deny it. And I wish. Oh, <laughs> you were like a whole seven years old at the time? In 66, <laughs> yeah, nine <laughs> yeah, it was going to say eight, nine, maybe. Eight, nine. Yeah. Uh, you know? I don't believe it. Um, there's a picture. I have a picture of Paul returning um, to London. I think it was in, on September 1st. Kind of red and white stripe. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've got some photographs of him coming off that plane, and I have an original um, newspaper article. Showing that it was him coming off that plane, so I don't yeah. believe that. Um, I think he came out to um, the United States or to England, and about September 11th, around that time, I think he had his first car accident. Mm -hmm. um, it was non-fatal. It was, uh, you know, he didn't get any injuries or anything like that. But that's what started the rumor, because yeah. Um... We're going to talk about that right now, in fact. Um, one of the things that is being touted as the, the foundation of the Beatles rumor is the Sgt. Pepper album. It's the, it is by far uh, the busiest, visually the busiest album cover the Beatles ever put out. That and Revolver. That's a if you ever really looked at the revolver cover, it says a lot going on there. <laughs> um, but with regard to Sergeant Pepper, uh, they say that if you take a mirror 
and hold it underneath the words Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. That uh, or under the word um, Lonely Hearts Club, I think is what it says. That if you hold the mirror under that about halfway, it has the date and in Roman numerals and says he died. Correct. And the mm-hmm. arrow pointing up is pointing toward Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, question about that. Um, when did that become noticeable? When did someone take notice and say, hey, if we, we just, somebody, let's give me a mirror. I just, for the hell of it, just give me a mirror. I'm going to see. Yeah, something. who thinks to do I that? Mean, there had to be a foundation <laughs> for that. Somebody had to, here's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. That artwork, the artwork was first. It had to be done so cleverly and so deliberately that somebody had to know to use a flat mirror in order to read those words. You right. get where I'm going with this? Yeah. It right. was purposeful. That whole album is purposeful. Yes. Alistair Crowley's on there. Um, Twice. Thomas Edison's on there. Edgar Allan Poe. A friend of mine is on there. Dion from Dion and the Belmonts. I sang with him on stage. He's on there. And a, a host of other Marilyn people. Marilyn Monroe and Shirley Temple. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Marilyn and Shirley. And a lot of people, um, you know, that, that were famous at the time and then well-known historical figures years before. Mm-hmm. So what's the connection to Paul is dead? Or is it all a smoke screen to kind of take your eye away from what's really going on on that album cover? And there's, a, as I said, there's a lot going on there. Uh, one of the things that people point to, again, on Sgt. Pepper, looking down at the bass guitar made of flowers. Right. Mm-hmm. It spells out the word, Paul is dead. You can clearly see it. You can you and it's a left-handed guitar, right? Okay. There three strings. Yes, Ex- yes, three, not three, four. and that's the not the thing. first time we see the word, the letter three, Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see the three, mm-hmm. the dots in the wall, connect the dots. They come to three. Three. Mm-hmm. Um, everything. Everything from the, the Volkswagen that's got the license plate of Paul's birthday. Right. Okay. Yes. 28 if, 28 if. If he had lived, he would be 28. Is that coincidental? No. It, it seems to me that's quite purposeful, very deliberate. Amelia, your thoughts? I think it has a lot of conspiracy theories all in that one album. All these people have died in that one, and it's kind of giving you a lot of conspiracy theories all in that one thing right okay, there. Okay, break it down for me. Well, you have Marilyn Monroe, you have uh, you have Paul McCartney, you have all these other people that have died in there. You have the Illuminati, you have all these different symbols in there. It's interesting it to, that they had the Marilyn Monroe because we just did a show on Marilyn. Yes. Everything's pretty much uh, happening. What's interesting now. about it is that um, there were people then Mm-hmm. And still, people today who don't believe that Marilyn died. No, 
that she was whisked away into witness yeah, protection she's a John to, keep, Galt. to mm-hmm. keep her from being killed. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, people wanted her gone. She and knew a lot pictures, of stuff. And there's pictures showing her death, per se. How many How many pictures that I show, Amelia? Oh, a lot. Like, at least 30 How many Marilyn lookalikes did I show on that at thing? At least that four, were, five, seven. At least. At least. That and were dead. The, the pictures that uh, he showed, the pictures were not in her bedroom. You could no, clearly they were done see. on a studio lot. Yes, exactly. You could see they were in a studio they lot. Were, have you guys seen my Marilyn show? Mm-hmm. Watch you it. You have I to will. see that. I will. Because, yeah. Because Watch the pictures, the they're not It'll in her bedroom. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Is it conceivable that Paul McCartney may still be alive it's. I, I would love to say yeah, but I don't believe so. I think Paul is gone. I think biological Paul is gone. Uh, and no, John Halliday is not Paul McCartney. No, good uh, no. Not even close. <laughs> um, it, All these those people, and, and and I need to address this. I just I just have to address this, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm speaking to you guys out there that. And I look, I love a conspiracy just as much as you do. I really do. I mean, I, I, I'm a self-professed conspiracy nut. I wear that badge proudly. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I want you to look, take a really, really hard look at John Halliday and look at Paul McCartney and look at Billy Shepard. I want you to take a look at these three guys. John Halliday is five foot five. Okay. I'm almost as I'm almost that big, okay. I'm five three and a half, okay. So he's got me by an inch and a half, right? But he was a small guy. Did he have a resemblance, a, a vague, a vague resemblance to Paul? The as close as he's got to his resemblance is he's British, okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Halliday is not Paul McCartney. Never was and never never will be. And he sure isn't Billy Shears. That's for And he sure story. didn't want to go live in his childhood home and just give tours. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, here's this and here's that. Crazy stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, man, that's an hour and a half. That we had a, man, that blue button, an hour and a half. Wow. There's always so much fun. to talk about. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love talking about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I tell you what, I want to invite Ann Walsh and Marianne back to the show when we do our 9-11 show. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Please. Did you guys come yeah, back? Yeah, because we love a good sure. conspiracy, and that <laughs> thing is... <laughs> oh. That thing is full of conspiracy holes all over the place. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Um, the things that blow our mind now. And in case I haven't said it recently, I love Alex Jones. I love you, Alex. In case you're watching the show, if anybody gets, if you, get, if you know Alex Jones, get a copy of this show, please. <laughs> anyway, Ann Walsh, tell everybody what's going on with you. Give your social and uh, tell them how they can get on. Well, we have a YouTube um, channel called Shadow of the Baseman. Um, that gives kind of updates as what we're doing and um, explains our books, our research. And we also have a Facebook page, um, Shadow of the Basement, too, where we talk about the rumor and everything. So, 
And we have an email address, shadowofthebaseman.gmail.com. Beautiful. At gmail.com to get a hold of us. Uh, we um, just, you know, we wanted, we wanted, if you got a question, please ask. That's what Beautiful. I have. Beautiful. Yeah. Marianne Howard, how about you? Where can people well, get Well, the Marianne same Howard? thing. I mean, Ann and I both have our own Facebook page, Instagrams, Twitters, whatever. But we we are we do have the platforms, the Facebook group, the Shadow of a Baseman. The YouTube oh, channel sure. is the Shadow of a Baseman. But then we have a website which links everything together. It links our books. It links the reviews. It links the YouTubes. Us as, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can like read about us a little bit. Um, and that is shadowbaseofabaseman.com. Taking the off. And it's a, I've been there and it's a really... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very broad website. There's a lot of stuff on that website. Yeah. Um, so go searching. Thank you, Dave. Uh, the email addresses are all there. Links <laughs> right. to the Facebook, links to the Amazon purchase. Buy the uh, book. Friend their books yeah, on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. It links to everything. It links to the YouTubes. It links to Amazon. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And then it has three pages in it. So it's, yeah. And we'll keep adding as we put out more books. It'll expand. And I can't wait to get my new copy of the next one that comes out. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Amelia, yes. tell everybody what's going on. Oh, yes. Actually, tomorrow we're going to have uh, the show of David Koresh, a cult leader again, who believed, let's see, uh, he was Jesus, I guess you would say. <laughs> this one's a yeah. little bit different because wow. um, it's very David unique. Koresh and the Branch Davidians tomorrow night. We're going to uh, cover that yeah, one. It's a little bit more. The self-professed <laughs> Messiah, David Koresh. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then oh, man. Uh, we got some crazy people. That one's um, yeah, that one's way out there. Did you and guys then, uh, do John of God yet? Mm, no, not okay. yet. John of God, not yet. Mm-mm. And then well, we um, the eleventh, we got Jonestown. Um, it, we uh, are doing yeah. We're going to do. I got it right here. I'll take care of it, Amelia. Okay. Uh, we got the Branch Davidians tomorrow night. Um, that mm-hmm. is October sixth. 7 o'clock Central, 4 p.m. West Coast time, mm-hmm. 6 Central. Um, you can reach us, uh, before I do anything else, you can reach us at wrestlingwiththefuture at gmail.com or ahap70 at gmail.com for Amelia and myself. Uh, you got questions about the show, the website, uh, our Facebook pages, our group, um, the radio station. Thank you to the radio listeners. 700,000 strong every month oh, on the wow, radio. Um, YouTube is just a, a byproduct for us. I don't really give a shit about YouTube. Um, and I've told you to that. We do. Subscribe. Share, like, subscribe. Share, like, and subscribe. Okay. Share, like, subscribe. We we, honestly, we got like 455 subscribers, which is like nothing, really. It's like that's bad. Our radio station we is need, the we best. need to increase ours. So if your listeners want to, you know, subscribe to ours, <laughs> that's great. Well, they're going to hear you on the radio. That's for damn mm-hmm. sure. Um, yes. On WWTF radio for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the People's Temple uh, next week, Jonestown. Town, yes. The People's Temple of Jonestown. On the and 11th. Heaven, that's on the 10th. Uh, I'm sorry. The 11th. Um, the 11th. Uh, and on 10 11. And then on 10 13, we've got. Heaven's, Heaven's Gate, Gate with Marshall Applegate. Washed up actor becomes cult leader. How does that happen? 
Hi. And then we're going to go back to the Psychic Realm podcast with Kevin Schopel is going to explain how psychics played into the Bible. He's probably the most uh, knowledgeable Bible scholar on psychics you'll ever hear. And then... Oh, don't forget, the, it's in a special the, time. Yes, at 8 p.m. Yes. on those nights. And then the love has one cult, and you want to talk about a fucking <laughs> screwy cult. Oh, Jeez. my God. Amy Carlson, the late Amy Carlson, is the leader of this group. She's working one year at a Burger King, and within eight months, she becomes the leader of more than eight million people worldwide. How that happens is going to blow your fucking mind away. Yes. Amy Carlson, that's going to be a two-parter. You won't believe, I swear to you, ladies and gentlemen, you will not believe the video I show you. You can't make this shit up. No. Amelia, please mm -hmm. tell me if I'm lying. No. And this actually, the 25th and 27th of October will be part two and part three because we've already uh, showed yes, part we've one. we've already had part one. Mm -hmm. it, that's how deep this one is. It, it's just a three-parter. Um, we want to say again, uh, in case we haven't mentioned it, uh, um, we lost Loretta Lynn yesterday. Yes. Queen yeah. of Country Music. I'm going to read this uh, to you very quickly. Singer-songwriter Loretta Lynn, best known for the songs Coal Miner's Daughter, The Pill, and Dear Uncle Sam, died yesterday. She was 90. She's widely regarded as the Queen of Country Music and is the top-selling female country artist in American history. She will be missed by her family, friends, and fans alike. And Loretta, rest in peace, sweetheart, and make God smile. Yes. On behalf of Annie Walsh, Marianne Howard, Amelia the Pitbull Chapman, I'm Psychic Medium Angelo, the mad dog. The mad dog, baby. <laughs> we'll see you next time on What's Bye -bye. the Buzz. <laughs>